0: Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's the first weekend of the jump season proper. No flat distractions this time. Only good old-fashioned jumping, and we've got a Grade One as well. Here to go through the weekend's action with me is Big Jim Watson. Are we mate?
1: Doing really well. Um, a nice little pipe opener last weekend at Cheltenham. Um, a lovely little 20 to 1 fancy in a race I absolutely despise. Uh, <laughs> quite a good weekend. <laughs> what's so funny about that
0: <laughs> a lovely little 20 to
1: 1 fancy in a race I despise what a brilliant <laughs> sentence um, a good weekend and uh, last weekend overall like fancies wise uh, Badenstown Ladd was tipped at 13 to 2 by Jake Price who we had on last week um, third time lucky was an impressive winner probably not a 12 to 1 for the Arkell shot um, this early in the season but a, a, a nice little pipe opener, and uh, the fun continues this weekend.
0: Yeah, welcome to Victoria Malzard as well, friend of the podcast, getting her first winner in this country after uh, winning aboard Kansas City Chief. Up the chief, he is a good lad, isn't he? Comes back year after year. This weekend though, Jim, we've got Down Royal and Weatherby, but we will start at Ascot. The first race we're going to touch on is the 135, the Ascot Underwriting Chase. It's it's a novice's handicap, Jim. I say I've I've been uh, writing uh, an Ascot preview this afternoon. I hate the look of this race. Team Commando's fifteen to eight favourite. Solos falls. Nassalam's 4s. Sam Barton can be backed at thirteen to two. Sizeable Sam your mate, is eight. What's up with you? Fourteens and Lord Badgersley sixteen to one. Uh, the the thing is, this is one of the races where I can make half a case for everything, but I'm not a bomb-proof one for any of them.
1: <laughs> I, I I think that's a fair enough analysis. I, I mean, there's a lot of nice horses in this race, and very likable horses, um. but you're just feeling like you're questioning the thinking running over 2-2 two, two here. Um, there's certain horses in races that, like, for me, I've got on down as an as a out-and-out two-miler. I know he was a juvenile last year, and and that's the main distance that they, that they go. Um, however, stepping up in distance, I'm, I'm not exactly all sold on it. All of a sudden, I know he had a couple of uh, a run in France, and he did run over two two in his earlier career at Fontwell. But uh, and horses like Sam Barton and Sizable, Sam who maybe this two mile two might be a little bit sharp, especially with the ground so so good underneath at the minute. And they are likable horses, and it's a bit of a head scratcher, really. Isn't it? The one I've
0: come down on, Jimmy, is the horse you've mentioned here, Nassalam. Uh, look, it was kind of a bit of a process of elimination. Kid Commando, I do think he's the right favourite, but he ended last season bad more than good. and uh, He's come back down to a, a workable mark of 140, but he's 15-8. to 80. He's got a fantastic record fresh. Goes well at Ascot. Those two things are in his favour. But given that he was, as I say... Not at his best at the back end of last season. I don't want to be backing him some two to one in this race. Solos falls if, if the issues are sorted with him, he'll win off one three five surely. Uh but you know, you're you just rolling a dice there. Uh, you you are taking it on trust. Nothing he did in last season would see him win it. Nothing he did last season would see him go off four to one. Uh big fan of Sam Barton, big fan of sizeable Sam. Uh they're gonna be future free miles though, aren't they? And I'm not yep. sure whether 2-2 two, two on chase debut, whether they'll quite have the the uh, the sharpness for that. Uh, nice enough as they both are, they'll be two novice chasers to keep an eye on this season. They're both smart. I like Lord Badersley in general, uh, but was disappointed with him on his chasing debut at Warwick. In a race, he should have been more competitive and, competitive and looked like he needed the run. He's not a bad each-way price, if I'm honest, at 16s, but I'd, I'd I'd probably just watch him. what's up with you he was placing the Martin Pike last season, uh, and he he he's no mug either, but perhaps lacks the lacks the raw potential of some of the others in this. So Nasser, I'm getting ten pounds off everything in this, which can be a massive advantage. You know, we've seen the last few seasons all mankind for Keadory. You know, going back even further, Union East. You know, take advantage of the of the allowance four year olds get when they go over fences. The Moors have won this before with Bennettar, And I, t- I just think that... Nassau ran well on several occasions last season really in defeat. And I know because he was kind of like the first good juvenile hurdler we saw out in in uh, uh you know early in the season really when he went at Faultwell and he, he whacked some pretty pretty mediocre opposition by about you know seventy million lengths on a couple of occasions, but, the second to Adagio, was good for me, they pulled well, well, well clear of agree and Naslam ran all the way, through the line, I could see him getting, two to ask Ascot, you know, all right, Mum Mural did, did fairly whomp him, but, you know, Nassalam still finished, well ahead of Elon Valley and Progressive, who, have done, all right, since I know Progressive, you know, won a put, a tip on her first start, this year, so, the form, the form there, I think is is about is about fair for his mark of one three nine. Couldn't quite cope off top weight in the Fred Winter came home in tenth. That was a little bit of a stiff ask, probably. You know, being done by horses who were less exposed than him. Uh, but the fact that he gets weight all round here and a, and a good sizeable eight pounds allowance, uh, probably makes him the one I'm most interested in here, pal.
1: Yeah, right. I certainly respect that. It's not, it's not a race. I have an awful lot of opinion, but um, we've mentioned already the two sams. Uh, maybe their future will be over further, but this will certainly be a, a helpful step on the on the ladder of progression and and how they jump because maybe a two-two round Ascot might sort of help them be quicker over the fences and, and learn a lot more. Uh, so maybe a bigger targets to come f- for them later on in their life, but. Um, what's up with you? I, I think a nice enough horse who could be slightly overlooked here. Um, placed in the Martin Piper, as Lewis has mentioned already. I thought that was a cracking run and maybe the exertions of Cheltenham just told a little bit at, at Aintree. He was fairly beaten in the end. Um, and I feel like a little bit more progression could come for him over fences. He had a decent uh, timing point to point. So he, he was fourth behind rookie trainer. Uh, in Ireland and, and got his head in, in front on his third start um, I, I just think coming here on better ground uh, is, it could be a, a slight question mark his he, only real dip if anything in his form was on good ground at Cheltenham and, and that, even then he wasn't embarrassed on handicap debut um, but I think big galloping sort Ben Pauling's has been going really well this year especially uh, his novice chasers and uh, I think that what's up with you could be slightly overlooked in the market here at four teams maybe, like some like the novice handicap chase that used to be at Cheltenham, we say it every week, I, I feel, um, would be something that you would aiming for. But obviously elsewhere now, I just bring back the novice handicap chase, basically. I couldn't agree more, pal. Is it what's
0: up with you then for the win in this?
1: Yeah, fourteen. I think he's slightly over, overlooked at the prices. I, I, like I said, sizable Sam was my turf twelve to, to follow last year, and um, he did plenty over hurdles last year. I know in the end, probably slightly disappointing uh, in others, and, and probably didn't kick on as much. But he's built to be a chaser, uh, but this might be a little bit too sharp for him.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. Nice also. Moving on to the two the two ten, the battle London handicap hurdle. Uh soaring glory and boot hill, three to one joint fouls to beat a at thirteen to two. Then you can get twelve to one and bigger. The remainder including Wild Max, Leon Cavallo, Progressive and Megan. Jim Two, very exciting novice hurdlers from last season here, Soaring Glory and Boot Hill. Who'd you like?
1: Uh, I think we're going to be in agreement here because I I know you're a massive fan and we were both a massive fan of him uh, when he brought home the Betfair hurdle. He's soaring glory. I I think the form of that Betfair hurdle couldn't work out any stronger. Um, Edward Storm ran with plenty of credit in in, uh, the handicap at Aintree and at Cheltenham placing both of them. Uh, towards the end of the season, annual Invictus has come out and won the fences this year, um, at Cheltenham the other week, and Buzz won the Cesaro Witch, Guard Your Dreams won a ha- Cheltenham Handicap, Mr, uh, Mr Coffee, uh, didn't run awfully that bad in that handicap as well, that uh, quite a few of them running, and Milkwood in behind, uh, Cads, the form really stacks up, uh, and he, he's £10 higher here, and I can't see a lot more in behind. I mean, Boot Hill. There's the progression to come, but we've only seen the twice uh, under rules, and they were fairly decisive victories. But and maybe a mark of one three five this early on could be a little bit steep for me. Um, he is also inter- entered in a novice chase, so it'd be interesting to see where the, uh, where he goes this year. Because with his point to point form, you'd expect him to be uh, going chasing. But interesting that they're going to be starting here over hurdles. Um, but for me, uh, at 3-1 apiece, I'd rather be having soaring glory. I think he's the class in the race in comparison to some slightly exposed rivals.
0: Uh, I wouldn't be as not dismissive of Boutil, well, because you're not being dismissive of him, but maybe I, I wouldn't agree with 1-3-5 being steep, because he could be very, very, very good. He
1: could be, but he's not. He's not necessarily got the form in the book to prove no, he's a one-three. No,
0: and that's and, and that's why I think Soaring Glory is a better betting proposition, because we know he's 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 at least a one-four-three horse, and on more than one occasion last season, I thought he looked like he, he would be better than that as well. You know, you've gone through the bet Betfair hurdle form. I was so impressed in both his, both his wins last year, and the way he cruised and then quickened. You know, he he, he won both races last year really on the running. Just just by pure turn of thought, that'll end itself well. To ask it, uh, look, I'd I'd have put him up higher than ten pounds if I was a handicapper. I think for winning the Betfair, you know, and I'd be disappointed if he wasn't good enough to win off one for three. Really, he, all right, he, he he wasn't really at his best in the Supreme. But we say Betfair early winners don't win, don't win uh, grade ones, and they're often overbet to them. When a horse is often over bet for a race, sometimes the market reacts the other way. On their next start, it thinks they've flopped. You know, it, it, it goes too far the other way. It over overestimates what they're capable of, and then next time it underestimates what they're capable of. I think there's a little bit of a case of that here. I think he's dead solid at 3-1, to one, and I think he'll win. I'd be how far
1: How far do you think Soren Glory is off the English champion hurdle contenders?
0: Uh, well, I'd say fairway
1: at this stage. But you can get 66 I, on him to win the Champion hurdle.
0: I won't back him because it doesn't matter what he does in England this season. He could win every grade one and he'd still get his ass handed back to him by about seven from Ireland. Yeah. So it, it it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me in that sense. But I'd, I'd hope he's closer to a 150 horse in time than a 143 horse. Uh, he will be if he wins this, and I
1: think he will. Yeah, I think it's a double selection for Soaring Glory here, and we know how they went last year.
0: Oh, aye. Oh, aye. Booth Boo, Hill's run's working out well, to be fair. The the, the horse he beat very easily, a really peddler, isn't a mug, to be fair to him. And Gerald put up a right sequence last season before coming unstuck in the Grade 1 at Aintree. It's a good little race, this. It is a good little race. I'm looking forward to it. The 2.45 is a burn group handicap chase this is a proper proper affair this might be the strongest two mile handicap chase you'll get outside of the grand annual this season i'd say editor the g 100 to 30 to be one for rose and a mule gold at six to one sully dock 13 to two gray diamond 15 to eight eight getaway trump frero bamboo and 14 to one bar then they include the legend that is eamon and kernock uh Jimbo, what are you in here, mate?
1: Um, I really I really, really liked one for one for Rosie. Uh in her hurdle days and, and last year changing to Kim Bailey and David they dominated them novice chases firing her at them fences. Um and I think this may be where I'm gonna land. And I think I think she's a she's an interesting because she gets quite low to her fences. Um but quite efficient and, and maybe two miles round Ascot put to the sword maybe that m- might see her unstuck but David Bass rides Ascot so well and pinging her out through them fences I think she, she could go very close here I know she'll be carrying top weight and she's uh, the highest rated horse in the race um, but I think there's a little bit more progression over fences to come having seen her only in twice uh, over them this first time in a handicap might sort her out uh, I keep referring to a girl because it's one for Rosie, but it's it's quite clearly a, a, a gelding. Um <laughs> But that was a proper Derek Thompson moment, wasn't it? Christ, um, man you. Derek. Frero Bamboo, I think could do with a little bit of juice in the ground. Um, I liked what he did at sundown. He beat Golongu who's a horse I've got a little bit of time for. Uh there's a didn't beat an awful lot in behind and he and he ran with plenty of credit in the red room. Um Eddie gee is he's no mug and re here and um no one could get to him, Sully Doc. Um the same I, I I I think there could be a little bit more to come from Ferrero Bamboo. Um he's probably one of them more warier than Eddie gee He's been dropped uh, two pounds for that run at Aintree which might see him getting a bit closer to Eddie Turtig so Interesting race, but I think I'm going to be signing for one for Rosie.
0: I'm with the favourite here, Jim. How very boring and predictable from me, but look, the, the four-line of the red run looks good. That's the key The key race in this. Year. You've got the winner, the second, the fourth and the fifth, all meeting each other again. Eddie Adjit was a very, very gay winner out of front. Got given a cracking ride by Josh Moore, who's sadly on the sidelines, obviously, but he just, just flung him at his fences. And I liked how Eddie energy stuck the race out. He, he kind of looked like he was tying up a little bit after the last, and his jump at the last was his scruffiest. Uh, but once Sully Doc got to within proximity uh, with him, he just seemed to find a bit more. And I don't think it was that he was idling. It was that he was, he was a tired horse who, who, who wanted the fight, you know. Uh, that that was impressive. You know, I'm a big fan of Sully Doc. I mentioned him a couple of times on the pod last season. I thought he was probably the most eye-catching horse at the Cheltenham Festival, the way he travelled through the Paddy Power Plate and just entered there. Went and won under Simon Torrance at the Punchestown Festival on his last start last year. Simon Torrance took three pounds off him that day, which means he's now 14, higher in the weights. So he's actually conceding three more pounds to de Adagit from their last meeting. And de gave him a a fair enough beating. Uh I just think one for Rosie's is Mark's so stiff, isn't it, Jim? One four nine for winning two small field novice chasers up not off.
1: It is, but she's probably got the most progression to come out of a lot.
0: Hmm. Not sure I have that mate he'd be the one I'd be against. He would be the one I, he'd be the one I'd be against at the prices. Just thinking that I just don't think he's achieved a mark of 149, and that's what he's got to race from. Uh, the threat, I think, comes from a a Gold, who won this race last year, edged out Ibleo, who's now rated 156. He was running off levels on that day. a Gold's off 146. Could barely have bumped into you know, better horses, worrying handicaps on his next two starts. First flow, you know, obviously went and won a Group 1 after he beat a rule of gold on his next start at Ascot and then bumped into Sky Pirate at Warwick. Not the worst one in the world when he was midfield in the Grand Annual. One Four Six again. We know he's good enough to pose a threat off that. We know he's good enough to pose a threat off that sort of mark. And uh, he was a generally a solid and consistent animal last season, so he'd be the threat for me. But up another £8 pounds, this I'd I'd be surprised if there wasn't a touch more to come from Eddie G and uh, given the swing at the weights with have solided, I think he might be the one to side with
1: here. Fair enough. The
0: three twenty, the Battle London Gold Cup handicap chase, the Grade three, good Staying Chases, and the five is Vindication at eleven to four, seven to one John B fifteen to two one more flurry. Eight's Regal Encore, good old Regal Encore. Nine's Jerry's back. Ten's Benny's king. 14 to 1, bar them, including some right legends of the game, including Captain Chaos. Uh, Jimbo, where are you when Vindication is always so short in the betting.
1: Yeah, Vindication is a funny one. He, he, he's clearly shown he's got, he's got the form in these sorts of races, winning the Sodexo Gold Cup off uh, off a mark of 151. He's, he is £7 higher here, and his jumping leaves. Things to be questioned for. Um, he, he never jumped with any fluency in the Labbrooks Trophy, um, which I can clearly see why they went over hurdles for the Stayers and the Liverpool hurdle. Um, Eleven to four off one five eight off off top weight. I think he may struggle here. Um, he's going to have to put up probably a career best. Um, he does like Ascot. That is. Possibly the only positive. And to be fair, it's it's a race where there's, I think, there's quite a few of them steeply handicapped in behind, um, but vindication it isn't for me at 11 to 4. I don't know about you, Lee.
0: No, he's he's, he's, he's he's clearly a good horse, you know, second in the Charlie Hall last season, but he's gone off favourite for some racers that I don't. Think there was justification for him there to go favourite forever. He went on favourite for the Silly Isles to beat Deputy De Sawyer Most in translation. Obviously, we didn't know how good those two were going to end up being at the time, but still. Uh, no, I think his campaign was a bit messy last year. They ended up going back over hurdles with him, as you've said. £7 pounds higher than when he won the race two seasons ago. Uh, can't have him at the prices. He might just be classy enough to beat this slot, but I think, like you said, he's a horse I was never. Bought into, yeah, same
1: yeah. here. I mean, he is quite likable like, in that aspect. He, he tries so hard; he's next nearly on the floor. Um, but I just, I just can't warm to him for this.
0: It's not like, I can't, yeah, I, I kind of, I think other people think he's better than I think he is. Yeah, because there was Gold Cup talk it's, with him. Yeah, and
1: I, I never thought he was that
0: good, which makes me want to get into him when I see when I see him as a favourite. You yeah. know, it, it makes me want to have a go. Uh I'm not having the wildest go here. It's going to be John BB, who's second fav at seven to one. Uh We were talking a little bit before we started recording, because this, this is a horse he doesn't like either. Uh, so I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Uh, <laughs> but he's just someone. Un- he's just unexposed as a three-mile chaser, isn't he? You know, one over two miles at Sandown. In December 2019, that race worked out fairly well. They stepped him up to 2-3 on his seasonal reappearance last season, where he beat Scahalia Munro, who's a good yardstick up north at Weatherby. And then on his final start last year, up to three miles at Aintree. Uh, And he saw the trip out really, really well. Chased off happy-go-lucky, who, if he was fit, would have won the Charlie Hall, had they gone to it with him. He's better than everything in that. As, long as, as well, if surnames still in the same form as he was back in the last season. But I think he bumped into a graded level animal there that season, uh, that season, that occasion. Uh, and the two of them pulled well clear and had a little bit of a ding-dong. You know, they the trader blows up the running. John B kept on. You know, I think he was putting more distance between himself and the third at the line, even though happy-go-lucky was clearing further away. Uh, he's only gone up three pounds of that. In a race where there's a lot of a lot of familiar names, the likes of, you know, the mighty Regal Encore, who, you know, has a fine record. He's actually, Regal Encore has ran more times at Ascot than John Beebe's ran in his life.
1: <laughs> what a stat that is.
0: It's belting, isn't it? It's belting. But we don't back Regal Encore at nine to one. We back him in three runs time when he's already, when he's been beaten three runs in a row and then he wins at 50s. That's how it works with him. Uh, you know, <laughs> th- there are some classy, classy animals that if Mr. Malarkey's on a going day, you know, he's a right price at at 16s. Harry Kimber on board again, but <laughs> Mr. Malarkey in it, how can you trust him? wouldn't ask it last season though, but absolutely lifeless at Chepstow first time up. Uh, One more Fleur is up 14. Is it for 16, sorry, for a belt, a dancing up at air last time out, won all four of his last four completed starts. Uh, This is such a deeper race, so Jim, you know, he's going to have to take his form up a notch and then a bit further uh, to be winning this off this sort of mark, I think, respected enough as he is. Uh, I I I just think, John Bb, it might only take him needed to be three or four pounds ahead of his mark to win this. Still likely race on unexposed as a staying chase. So seven to one, he'd be where I'd go.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I, Lewis had mentioned already I am John Bb's greatest fan, but uh, I won't be surprised if he if he turned up and, and went close here. For me, I think I'm going to go to John uh, of... Anthony Honeyballs, a, a, a lot of his form, like his Tommy Whittle uh, and that three mile two at Carlisle, sort of brackets in him being a slow horse, but I don't necessarily think he's as slow as what his, his campaign has sort of been. Um, I think a well-run three miles round here could suit him down to the ground. The pace is probably going to be vindication. One more flurry. Um, Mr. Malarkey likes to be up there as well. Um, I don't think it'll be short on pace, and, and a well-run race is what he wants. Um, I mean, he was just outstanding in the Tommy Whittle by Sam's Adventure last year, um, held up towards the rear and cruised through the race. Um, his jumping was very disappointing in the national trial um, at Haydock, um, but <laughs> we didn't see him again after that, and he's had wind surgery since, uh, off a mark of 142, which is only £2 higher than he was in in that uh, Tommy Whittle at Haydock. I think he could be slightly overpriced here in at 14s. Um, Lewis has mentioned Mr. Malarkey already. He's a horse, but uh, I, I thought I got a cracker at Kempton on Boxing Day. Um, jumped from the f- front. Harry Kimber got on really well with him. Uh, he got on board him for the first time, and this is this will be the second time he's ridden him. And I won't probably rule him out here, uh, at 16s in, in a race that i don't fancy the first five in the market i'd, I'd probably uh, be signing for John and mr malarkey
0: fair enough jim anything else you'd like to mention i ask it there's a good little novice uh, novice hurdle later on the card but you don't have prices so it's hard to analyze but you've got the likes of super six peaking rows and shall we have one more all in there mr watson's back again jim as is Mexico, who, surprisingly, is a Stuart Edmonds-trained novice hurdler and not the fourth in the Derringstown-stunned derby trial for Ballydoyle. Doyle.
1: <laughs> Magne- Mrs. Magny is scribbling out that notepad, can't have Mexico anymore.
0: Yeah, just going slowly, slowly down Central America going, we oh, we're going to have to go Nicaragua instead. <laughs> just wait for that one next season. It won't be a good one with that name, Jim. It won't be a good one. That'll be one who's going to be any race in Saudi Arabia in six months' time. Uh, anything else you like asking, Noble?
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, not sure make his handicap debut. Uh, he had some nice runs in, in behind some nice horses. Daddy the Great on his on his start uh, over in a bumper uh, bumped into Killer Kane, who has been the turf talk horse to follow for Paul Taylor this year, was fourth behind him in the hurdle and another turf top twelve to follow with one upmanship for Jack Barber as well. So um ten pound claimer who I don't know an awful lot about, obviously part of the stable claiming that uh offer mark of one one two. I don't think he's too harsh and I and I think at ninety two he's he's gonna be one of my better bets at Ask on Saturday. I'm looking forward to seeing him out. Um Kerry Lee's Horses have been going very well recently, I know the disappointment of last weekend uh with the horse's name I mean, that's just as me. Um oh in trouble. the Yeah, storm control in the same colours. Um but I think not sure in in a race that's it's there's bits and pieces of it. Um he's probably the, the lesser known of the conditionals in this race, but taking ten pounds off his back, carrying ten, six He's going to feel like he's running free and, and, and he's got decent form in behind some nice horses. Uh, I think 9-2 to two might be uh, a little bit to be played with.
0: That's Mr. DJ McConville, uh, who is riding. Not sure in that. I can't say I'm familiar with the man either, Jim. Uh, Weatherby, pal. One of our local tracks. Uh, and your girl Miranda's fav for the 155, the Bet365, Mayer's Hurdle. Nine to four for Miranda to beat Molly Ollis, who's a hundred to thirty four to one. Marie's Rock, thirteen to two. Her indoors seven Zambella, eleven's five and twenty, and eighty to one. Getaway Queen, uh, easy work for Miranda, Jim. <laughs>
1: yeah, as I say, Early on in the week, bullish as anything. And uh, the closer we get to the day, the more I'm slightly worrying. Uh, a little bit of rain will certainly help, but. Uh, looking at the weather forecast in North Yorkshire, West Yorkshire, uh, we have this argument every year. Whereabouts Weatherby is for for me, it's in West Yorkshire. It's in North Yorkshire. It's, it's in North Yorkshire. Um, what's, the big, what's the big hurdle called? It's called the West Yorkshire hurdle, but it shouldn't I'm be kidding. called West Yorkshire, right? Um, but looking at the weather in Yorkshire um, this weekend, I'm slightly more bullish about the chances. She likes a bit of dig on the foot, but she doesn't want it bottomless. Um, so I think that's what the ground will probably be this weekend. Weatherby has an excellent journey system uh, in place, and, and going first time out and doesn't always bring me full of positive. They, they like to run her on the flat first, uh, get a run into her in normally a listed race, but the ground's been too quick for her, um, and they've done as much as they can with her at home. Hopefully, um, that will be enough to get a listed Prize under her name, with already agreed to uh, to her name as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I think me and Lewis might be going to go and cheer her on. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her back out uh, for another season in a race that's certainly winnable. But fitness and weather are to be sort of seen. So I'll, I'll be able to tell you if she's going to win on the day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not a race I have the strongest opinion on, Jim. Don't, don't kill me for this, but even though the rate are the same, I think Molly Wishes has developed into a superior horse to Miranda.
1: How dare you?
0: However, Miranda's an out and out two mile and Molly Wishes isn't.
1: Correct. I, I think Molly Ollie's Wishes, you've seen in a forms, three miles, um, three mile one winner, two mile four winner. Um, uh, two mile weather be it is a big galloping track I do think Miranda would stay two four personally but that's, that's for another debate another day but I agree Molly Olly's w- wishes um, also gets two pound off Miranda for that grade two that she won at Doncaster
0: yeah Marie's rock uh, didn't put it together last season uh, she's got something to prove and has had a wind up uh, not a race I'd have a bet in though <laughs> Jim maybe the trip would edge it in Miranda's
1: favour. Viva Miranda. Uh
0: the two thirty is the Bet365 Hurdle, Grade two registered as the West Yorkshire Hurdle. Uh <laughs> Paisley Park nine to four to beat Thomas Darby who seven to two. Five's Master Tommy Tucker. Thirteen to two indefatigable. Nine to one run for Oscar, twelve per schema. Eighteen's Askillon and twenty five to one Slate House. Jim head of the Paisley Park fan club. Is he still the one to
1: beat? I think he is the one to beat. Six-pound penalty probably makes his his chances twice as hard. He, the, his first time out of every race that he's, he's run running his career, he's, he's never been fully wound up. And, and Interesting thoughts from Emma Lavelle in Stable Tours and stuff that they've popped him over a fence to see if anything goes wrong over hurdles, they might be going chasing him this year. So it's not brimming with confidence that he's going to be flying first time out, but I'm looking forward to seeing him out. Um, that Ascot victory in the Long Walk was one of the races of the year for me. Um, third in the in the Stayers, where probably the race just got away from him, and, and Florin Porter was accelerating away whilst Paisley Park was hitting his. Hitting his flat spot and um, <laughs> at, at, at Aintree, he was just nothing but di- disappointed, never seemed to be going right. Um, it's going to be one hell of a task carrying six pounds against some horses that I don't think are far too, uh, too far behind him. Thomas Derby last season's a horse that I, I, I fancy to run a good race uh, in in the Stays hurdle, and they decided to, to go for the Coral Cup. Uh, but he didn't run too badly at Aintree behind Time Mill and Roxana who who were top of the division last year mm-hmm. fascinating from Master Tommy Tucker going over hurdles um, we've seen what he's done over fences in the last couple of years and um, how unpredictable he, he has been in them um, we haven't seen him an awful lot over hurdles just the twice and, and both of them have been victories so interesting to see how he goes the horse that I'd probably be most wary of, is indefatigable um, got up in a at Pontefract and it was a dire race but I didn't think she'd be fit at all um, and well, here you go, she, she managed to get up on the line, it was a well run one mile floor which relished everything to her um, and getting all this weight, 10 stone 7 uh, to Paisley Park to 11 stone 6 I think she could be very dangerous to underestimate Good little bits and pieces of form in the book um, behind Time Hill and You Never Call. Uh, I think getting the weight fitness edge on her side, she she could be dangerous at 13 to 2.
0: Yeah. I can kind of see that, Jim. Again, this isn't a race I'm, I'm particularly keen on. Ah. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting watch, but I find it hard to make a case for anything. I'd like to back at the minute. I do think Paisley Park wins this. Even do you think six pounds away? Yeah, I do. Look, the best three runs from any horse in this field last season were all from Paisley Park, and they were all six pounds superior to everything else in this over hurdles. I mean, Master Tommy Tucker's just. You know, even listening to Harry Derham talk about why he's in here this week, I'm not sure Team Ditchy even know it was just because he couldn't really find... They didn't really know what to do with him. So, they just stuck him in here for, for vibes. Uh, <laughs> he's, he, he's fascinated. He's not run over hurdles since 2018. It's only his third hurdle start ever. Uh, how I, What are the odds on him falling? Uh, if he cut out of his game last season, we don't say that anymore. Don't be rude. Uh, no. Paisley Park's getting slower, isn't it? But this race can often, you know, go to really slow horses. Look at how close Next Destination came to winning it last season. And he's very slow. Uh, happy to put a line through Aintree. Aintree was never, ever going to be his trap, was it? against good, nippy horses like Roxana and, and Time Hill, who probably are capable of, of winning good races over 2-4, you know, Pacey Park won't win a good race over two and a half miles, would he? No. So I'm happy enough to put a line through that. Against easier opposition, yeah, I, I do think he wins. Thomas Derby was third to Roxana and Timehill in that Liverpool hurdle looked a bit awkward again though after the last didn't I yeah
1: he always I thought, mean, has he's, the, uh, like, I know
0: punch. I know he has and I I'd, I just don't know whether I'd, whether I'd trust him
1: you know that made nerdle that he beat Alexia De Nuts at Cheltenham yeah you, you just put it down to greenness on the day but he's never sort of shook it off I don't think
0: no you're right you're right I agree with that. indefatigable let's say going well on the flat uh, She's worth another, what, three miles, mate? I don't agree, but really, I'm, I'm waffling because it's not a race I have a strong opinion on, but I think Paisley Park should win it. Fair enough. The 305 at Weberby is a Bet 365 Charlie Hall chase. usually the feature race of the weekend.
1: I'm disappointed with the field this year myself, but Jim's
0: dead excited.
1: I wouldn't say dead excited, but I'm probably. Maybe because of, it's against the grain, but I, I don't think it's as bad a race as people are making out to be. Um, you've got two nice horses that were novices last year um, coming into this. You've got the second to Clandy and all a bit being a long way in the, in the bet uh, betway ball. Uh, you've got two horses that have been running really well in handicaps. Um, impressive winners of certain handicaps. And Topville, Ben, who's looking to bounce back. So a surname who was looked an absolutely well-beater in this last year. So I wouldn't be as sort of down on the race as, as, as much as other people have been.
0: That's fair, Jim. I, I am going to be down on it. You've got to 65 favourite who's been pulled up on his last two starts. Uh, that 65 favourite is who was a very, very short price to beat. Condor, Castle and Shan Blue at fives, Fusil Raffles at sixes. Kitty's Light at 12s. For the Turf Talk 12, 18's Topville Totville and 25 to 1, the Scottish national runner up Mighty Thunder. How do you attack this, Jimbo? Surely, surely no one sensible can put surname up at 6 to 5.
1: Well, I think if we, we recall last year's podcast for the Charlie Hall meeting, um, who in the right mind would have wanted 3 to 1 about surname? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what we would especially given. All that weight around, uh, the penalties that he was carrying for them grade one victories. Um, who on the right mind would got to take him on, uh, again, and I'm willing to be stung again because I, I really don't fancy him. Very disappointing in the, in the King George. Um, obviously, back at his stomping ground, um, at the Ascot Chase, you'd think he'd be bang up for it, but <laughs> you, you'd have to take a lot of sort of, Chances on this form um, There's been a lot of money for Clondor Castle who I don't really know why um, I, He's never a horse that I've been Full of enthusiasm about um, I mean there's bits and pieces Of his form that are good but never Consistent uh, Consistent enough I know he's got a lot of Twos and threes and ones next to his name um, But he's been beaten a fair amount of distance When finishing second Um Shamblue Blue is probably where I'm going to be landing. Um, jumped really well for a first season chaser last year. Um, won the first three that he ran in, including the the Grade One on Boxing Day, the Cotswold Star. Um, maybe his early exertions took it all out of him, uh, and maybe Cheltenham's not necessarily his track. Um, he was well beaten in the Baltimore the year before, and and he showed a little bit. Uh, at Aintree, but he, then again, he was fairly wiped the floor with by Chantry House. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather have the two novices from last year than the two at the head of the market surname and Clondor Castle. Um, I do not think Fuser Raffles ran awfully that bad behind Brayman's Man's game, given that he is the second coming of Jesus Christ from Paul Nichols. Um, the second to Chantry House, who went on to win at Cheltenham and Aintree, fancied for the King George this year. Um uh, there's his form I think's solid enough. Um he does like to throw in the stinker every now and again, but i would be willing to sort does Surname and at six to one I'd rather be backy or Raffles than Surname at six to five. I thought Kitty's Light was awfully unlucky last time in the native river chase. Um of jumped so well that day and, and so did Kitty's Light, but Jack Tudor just dropped his reins in the final sort of 100 yards and, and that probably was costly that day. Uh, but we tend to ride here and a, a very mobile uh, horse who I, who I think maybe in a year's time will probably be up to this level. Only a five-year-old uh, jumps really well. Topville, Ben, I'm looking forward to seeing him back. He, he's been, he was a, sort of a, a solid horse for the North in, in the three-mile division and um Being off injured obviously didn't help, and um, it's. I think it's quite an exciting race. I'm probably going to side with Sean Bloom for use of Raffles um, rather than the other two at the market. But I I don't know about you, Lewis, but what do you fancy?
0: Uh, I'm with Condor Castle, (laughs) Jim.
1: After the slagging off.
0: Look, mate, I'm quite. Confident on him as well. I think he had a really good season last year. I think three miles. He's proven three miles is game now, you know. And you're you having to go back to 2019 to get a poor run from him. Really, you know, last last start of the season prior to last two seasons ago won a good handicap chase at Warwick. Bumped into Nuttswell. Came very close to beating Nutsville as well in the Old Road, first time up last season. That's old, that's Nutswell's Cup Final every time, isn't it? Went and beat Gala Ball and Sully Dock and Old Grangewood under a under a decent weight as well on Hennessy Day next time out. Then went up into graded Company. Only s- just over six lengths away from beating Mr. Fisher in the Peterborough chase. That's good form. Master Tommy Tucker was on a going day when he whacked him in the Sylvaniaco Conte. You know, winning a good handicap like the one he won at Kempton off one five four. It's a good performance. You know, Mr Markey was on a going day. Eric LaRouge on his best form was a well handicapped horse at the time. I think that looked like alright form. And then okay, you can throw stones at the second in the Betway Bowl because Bowl was in a different league to everything else. And the horses Corndall Castle finished ahead of Native River, Tiger Hole and Aso just aren't that tight. I mean, Aso's well past his best. Native River would need six miles around Aintree. And Tiger Hole was only running in there for a joke. So I, I understand where you're coming from. That being said, he's just the most proven three miler. In this race, well, Monarch he, sh- he, sh- he just looks hard to knock, given what happened to the in the back end of of last season. You can't have any confidence in in him at a short price. And if he wins, fair play. But how how could you back this horse at near enough even money? You know, it's it's a coin toss. It's heads or tails. You know. Uh, no chance, no chance for me, mate. well uh, an awful six to five bet, and if he goes and wins, he goes and wins. But you are you are doing that on pure speculation, rather than any anything he's actually shown. You know, even even that means I don't think this is a good Charlie Hall, but I think it's better than the one last season because you were beating handicappers. He beat Vindication, I Write Keeper Hill, Lebagolwa, Mr Whitaker, and Saint Xavier. They were the horses who chased him home. The two other horses who, you know, definitely Red retired, Ballyoptic retired, Sam Spinner retired. They completed the field, so it, it was a it was a bad it was a bad race that he won. He looked very impressive in doing so, but he probably only had to run to what 160 to do it, and he didn't run to 100 on his next two starts. Uh, Clondor Castle consistently ran to above 150 on on his last seven starts going back to twenty nineteen. Uh dead consistent. He is the highest rated in this race away from Cernan. Uh and I think he'll win. Champ Blue form just tailed off back into last season, didn't it? Managed to let Sporting John beat him in the Silly Isles, which no one should do. Uh I mean he was given a an absurd ride at the Cheltenham Festival, which I was happy to forgive. But he was I, I, I didn't like what he did at Entry either, even though he's finished checking in a grade one. He finished checking by default. You know, and he's a horse I've got a lot of time for, Shamblou. I really do like him, but at the same price, actually, he's far more about Condor Castle. Condor Castle gives him a pound and he's officially rated 11 superior. Fusil Raffles up to three miles. I can see why they're doing it. I can see why they're doing it, but I'm not sure how much more they'd be to come from him at that trip. He's never looked like he's absolutely crying out for it, for me. Whether he'd take a step forward of five or six pounds. Uh, Yeah, mate, Condor Castle. He might be in my nap comp.
1: No, not for me.
0: Not for you at all. Who's, who's your selection then, big man?
1: I've been full of confidence on Shamblue most of the week, but I think I'm going to side with Fuso Raffles now. Now I've looked at it properly and sensibly. It's guaranteed Chamblou goes and wins now, isn't it? Definitely.
0: Anything else you'd like to mention at Wetherby?
1: Um, I've mentioned the form of Keller Kane with Not Sure later on. Uh, early on at, uh, at Ascot, and our surprise also brings some to, some form to the table in that at Wetherby, off a mark of 120. He was disappointed off a mark of 124 uh, in a novice hurdle. Um, he's been dropped £4 for that second wind surgery. Um, I think a, a well run uh, race is what he needs. He was very keen at Fontwell, and, and, and I think there's plenty of pace here. I think Bourbon Beauty likes to go forward, Mackenberg will as well, half a piece. Uh, Sheriff Garrett's normally, uh, f- pinged into a a well-run, two-mile-four, could be bang up his street, and, um, I think a mark of 120 in time, he could be a lot better than that. There's another turf top 12 to follow in here, uh, in the novice hurdle later on with Calmore, uh, for racing Willow. So I'm looking forward to seeing him out, especially, uh, being a, a, a distant relative of Kalashnikov. So, uh, a lovely card at Weatherby.
0: Yeah, and Pajero wins a 340 as well. Uh, the Kevin Brogan taking over from John Jolney Jr. puts him down to below the mark that he won his last start from. It's been a little bit of a long-term project with Pajero, uh, but it looks like the, the penny's finally dropping. With him, I'd hope. Well, he's already proven he can win off a similar enough mark. So, getting another got it. I'd hope he'd go well, mate. Uh, down Royal. We've left the Grade One till last, the best race of the weekend. Is the Ladbrokes Champion Chase, and the bet for it, even money Manella Indo four to one, Galvin, Nine to two, Frodo Nine to one, Delta and sixty-six to one. for Ravenhill, who I genuinely had no idea ran at all last season. <laughs>
1: Isn't that memorable?
0: It's, the same thing happened uh, the other week with Trucker's Lodge. I saw his, he, had, he had phone figures next to his name, and I thought, when did Trucker's Lodge run last year? And that spoke volumes about how well it went. <laughs> uh, Jim Minello, in those even money, is that a, ba- is that a backable price?
1: Uh, it's it's not a price I'd like, but even money could look very good at the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's... I I, he, he, we're talking about the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner here, first time out uh, against horses that haven't, weren't necessarily as good, um, as him last year, but, like, bits and pieces of Froden's form, you could chuck into, chuck into it. Like, you look at that, that, uh, King George, uh, last season, absolutely obliterating the field. A smaller field, dictated by Bryony, Froden back on form. You certainly couldn't underestimate him, uh, against Manila Indoor. Galvin, of course, um, ultra consistent just with all the ones next to his name just look at look at what he's been doing to him the last month Chase winner excellently campaigned um won fairly comfortably over a distance that I didn't think he'd stay, um but back to three miles um the last day for his seasonal reappearance and uh got the job done comfortably in a race that I aren't all for, sold on the form, um but nice to to get another winner into the bank. Uh, and Delta Work, what do you do with Delta Work? Yeah, he, he quite clearly runs his best races at Leopardstown. Um, but for the time being, this this is probably the only logical option. We've seen him run at Down Royal in this race before, and he's been very disappointing in both of them. Um, so you'd have to take caution here. It's probably rather back frauden at 92 than Manila Indoor even money, and I don't know... Um, Frodon got spanked in the Gold Cup, but this is different scenario. First time out, Manella Indoor's not normally tuned up. First time out, I know he did win um, beating Brahma Bull last year, and I think he was beat by Lauren over, over fences uh, for the first time. Um, and I am a massive Manella Indoor fan. I, I, many a time, we've still got the flashback to the RSA. Um, however, Fraudon three mile round here is fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to the race. It's probably not a betting proposition for me, um, but I, I think I might side with Froban.
0: I, I can see where you're coming from, Jim, but I, I think this should be pretty much point and shoot from an Really? Does Really.
1: Does his jumping not give you a question, Matt? I know he jumped really well in the Gold Cup. However, the two other times I was less sold on it.
0: Uh, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think there are other occasions of him jumping, you know, particularly well. I, I think his first two starts last season, he was fine on at Wexford and at Navin. You know, so I, I don't have a major issue issue with that. You know, I don't think he's anywhere else in Delta works so he's prone to an occasional climber. You know, uh, I think he could probably run to five pounds below his best and win this Rindon. and that's not being disrespectful to Frodon, who's a belting little animal. Obviously, won the King George last season. A little bit of a strange renewal, I think. I've never, I've never been had more respect for Frodon than I did after the Gold Cup, because I think everything was set up for him to absolutely bomb out. I felt on on paper, on paper, absolutely nothing played to his strengths. And you're on a stormer to finish fifth. Went mouth are a really long way. He just didn't stay. And that was probably the major question mark about him. Uh, Got the job done. Scraped home in the Yorkshire chase last time out. But I can forgive any horse a little bit of an underperformance. Uh, After they run in a Gold Cup, you know, it can leave its mark at the end of the season. You can get some funny results. Uh, I do see where you're coming from, Jim. And I'm kind of half talking myself into liking Frodon more at the prices than I did before we started recording this. But just think Manel Rindo will win. Frodo will be will be well tuned up, but surely no one's going into a great on half, you know, half fast are they? Even yeah. even Manella Rindo. This is a fine starting point for everyone. This'll you'd expect this to be everyone's only one before Christmas. So why aren't you going to go and win it? You won't say that for a bet fair.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So I do think win the other but you have not spoken about Galvin really. It was a horse I, I backed at the back end of last season to win the national last year, and people were telling me after I said that after he won at Punchestown, people were telling me, "No, no, you should be getting your ass under you if you're going to win the Grand National." That's patently not true. Look at how many recent Grand National winners have been going up rather than down in the weights. Uh, it's more than, m- more often than not nowadays, in times, you know. Many clouds won a Hennessy and a Cotswold, and he still won a Grand National. Don't tell me it would be better if he got beat 20 lengths in them both. Come on, cop on. Uh, might be a bit too high in the way, so if he does go and win this, uh, currently racing off one five nine. if he was to be in a handicap, which I'd, I'd be happy enough with him in a Grand National. Don't get up to one seventy, though, please. Uh, I'm surprised he's shorter in the betting than Frodo. He, he shouldn't be shorter. Should to say his best his best for all offences came over three miles six where he beat next nation and Ascari. Ten, his next best one was a defeat of Anna and Brahma Bull. Done him in good styles, but the form's not there, the form's a level below what even Delta Works achieved. Although I must admit, I'd rather be with Galvin than Delta Works. Yeah, sir. Uh, I know, I'm a big Galvin fan in general though but I just I just really have him down as a great old chaser he's only 7 which seems strange because it feels to me like he's been around for a lot longer than that uh, Minella Rindle for
1: I'm marginally fraud on but I, I think the race is between Frodon and Manila
0: Uh Old Weiland's back as well Jim uh, the 11-4 to 4, five for the grade 2 Coco Beach is 6 as thoughts. Eight, Fairy Hill won 12th and two two 250 to 1 shots. Uh, I guess the main story in this race, Jim, is that Rachel Blackmore rides on violin, uh, so he's, dead, he's a dead shot, price to win, he should win.
1: Simple, plain and simple, best horse in the race, should win, back to form. Let's hope to see him back and uh, see the dismay of Gordon Elliott's jockeys as they're following his heart into the parade ring.
0: I might have a couple of three bets on him to win the Gold Cup before this race goes off. Because I think if he does what I expect him to do, which is to win this without coming off the bridle. I really like Coco Beach, but not over two and a half miles. Uh that people start remembering how good he was in the first half of last season. And the two letters next to his name, one was a fall and one was an injury. Uh retain the faith. I retain the faith. Uh, There's also a grey B handicap hurdle there, Homdun Swazofov for Stuart Crawford. The likes of escalating magic tricks involved in that race as well. Anything else you'd like to mention on Saturday, Jim?
1: That's roughly everything, I think. There's a a decent um, handicap chase at Musselbriest, the return ticket at Harsley, I've got a bit of time for, uh, and some rain re the Rose dobbing horses in, in flying form we saw her at air last week. She had two nice novice winners uh who cost a fair amount of money. Uh, but return tickets a horse I, I, I quite like and uh I think carrying two pound more than what he did last time when beating Princess Phyllis at Weatherby uh and and some rain I, I think he should go close again to, to get another win next to his name for Rebecca Menzies. But other than that I think it's I think that's all.
0: Yeah, the Colin Parker uh, intermediate chase takes place at Carlisle on Sunday. The likes of Shantry House and uh, Espa, the Rommate and Sporting Jog, all potentially involved in that. We don't have final decks in, so it's a bit hard to make a guess at this far in advance. Uh, Jimbo, nap time.
1: Um, I think my nap's going to come in the handicap hurdles are in glory. Um, I think he'll just take all the beating. My next best will come in that handicap hurdle at Ascot 4.30 and not sure at 9-2 for Kerry Lee. And my third best um, will come in the mayor's listed hurdle, and it's going to be Miranda. Maybe slightly sentimental, um, but up the go. Do me proud.
0: My nap, Jim. I'm going to double nap it. Sorry, Laura. I, I, just, I just think he's probably the better of the weekend even up against a potentially a uh, very smart rival in Hill, but he'll have to be smart to win. My next best will be Condor Castle in the Charlie Hall. And my third best, oh, there are a couple I could make a case for. There are a couple I kind of like. I want to say John BB. Just find him unexposed as a staying chase, and I think he's a good price at sevens. Uh is that everything?
1: I think so. Well,
0: thanks for being here, pal. <laughs> thanks for being here as well. Thanks to rating the races for their continued support. And thanks to everyone for listening. Well, we hope you found your good you'll you with us. Okay. See you
1: soon, sister.